Okay, uh, welcome back to the tribe. We're going to have a brief, well, maybe not so brief chat with uh, Seth and me. And we're going to be talking about meditation. I, uh, I have started transcendental meditation for about a week now. And uh, I've seen Seth has uh, done a, his fair bit, of, fair bit of meditation as well. We just wanted to share our experiences. So, uh, the way I've been explained, uh, I've been explained, is you have three types of meditation. You have one where you sit down and you try to block out all the thoughts, and that's, then you're sort of training your meditation muscle. It causes a lot of stress for a lot of people. There, uh, supposedly, there's a meditation where you sit down and let all the thoughts just pass through you and do nothing. And of course, these two can be done seated, can be done lying down, can be done walking. But there's a third. And that's what they call transcendental meditation. And you, uh, you're supposed to uh, get trained for four days by a teacher. And this teacher uh, well, has a little chat with you. You have to fill in a couple of forms. And then he gives you your own personal mantra. And this mantra, it's not really a word. I mean, I don't think it's a word or it might be a different language. And you're, you're to repeat this again and again and again and again. So you close your eyes and you go mantra, 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 mantra. And as you get deeper into a state of being, then the mantra gets vaguer and vaguer. And if thoughts were to arise, you let them arise and you gently bring yourself back to the mantra. You never force it. So that's tran transcendental meditation. Have you ever heard of that? Yeah, yeah, I've heard a lot of it about it from celebrities like Russell Brand, David Lynch, Seinfeld. But I, I, I tried it a little bit by myself, but I kind of just gave myself a mantra. Um, I'm not sure how different it is without a guide. I think it's always important to have a meditation teacher. But I just, I kind of just tried jumping in it to my into my, you know, myself. Well, look, I, I, I don't think, I, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm no expert by any means. I mean, I've had my four day course, but I can tell you this. I think I would highly recommend, highly recommend you, you look into it because I, the way my mind works, it's always very theoretical. I try to really explain things from a very masculine view and I think there is something to having your own personal mantra, having an experienced teacher look at you as a person and give you a mantra that works. That that's what I think. I mean, it cost me seven hundred fifty dollars, and uh, well, there were four sessions. There's going to be a follow up in a couple of weeks. And every session was at least an hour and a half, if not two or three. So, I'd say it's. Yeah, it's cheaper than most uh, seminars. Yeah, it seems a bit hard for the average person to go do it. Yeah, no. but you know what? I think it's the same with the personal trainer. Of course, I am. I do yeah. own personal training, so <laughs> I'm inclined to say what I'm going to say now. But it's an investment. It's money you make back. And you make that back by getting better personal relationships. You make that back by being better at your professional life. Uh, you might be less inclined to buy shitty foods, which of course costs money. So I think it's an investment. I heard, I heard Jerry Seinfeld say, he said that t t transcendental meditation is like putting your phone on charge. But can, you can just do that in five minutes and it comes right back. Would you say that's accurate? Yeah. And you know what? How, how is that accurate? Like, do you feel do you feel it in your body, or just do you feel more like more clear? You know, when I do things like the Wim Hof method, you know, I remember I did a really long shift at work. It was about nine hours, and it's just halfway through it on my break, and I felt exhausted. And I did the breath work, and I felt as good as new. Would you say it could be the exact same as transcendental meditation? Yeah, would it be the same results. I think Wim Hof, hypercapnia, that stuff is more like a physical reset, reset. And I would say transcendental meditation is more of a mental reset. Yeah. And I 
I have to say, seeing that I've actually done both. I mean, I I've done Wim Hof for uh, over a month every single day. I've done hypercapnia over a month every single day, and seeing considerable benefits. I think that a TM or any kind of meditation, for that matter, has even greater benefits. Oh wow! You know, I'm, I'll I'll dive into the depth first. And to just uh, because I've got a couple of things in my head as to why I think this stuff is so potent, and then we can uh, get into the minutiae. Okay, so here's what I think your life, everything you see, everything you predict, especially, is all about the particle function that, that you talk about that in quantum mechanics. Is your, your analytical mind is busy all day thinking about, oh, what happened here? What I'm going to do tomorrow? How do I feel about that? You, you're constantly predicting. That's what the brain especially does. It makes these prediction models. And if you don't have that feeling component, you often get anxiety because you start overthinking things. And what meditation does, it turns you from someone into no one. You turn off your senses mm. or you have this sort of weird state of awareness. And you collapse the particle function, you go into wave function, allowing you to have more of a, a feeling in your life. You're, you have more of a feeling whether something is right or wrong. And what it has done for me is from a theoretical perspective two things the first is my uh when you look at the brain networks the central executive the salience and the default mode have become more refined that means that whenever i need to do something i need to clean up i need to exercise i need to word something i don't want to word i just do it I don't have that little voice inside my head that says, oh, maybe you should do this or I don't feel ready. Mm. Um, I'm working on a theorem right, right now for, for training, especially. And then a couple of breakthrough, breakthroughs. So the salience network, the, the analyzing and being creative has been far more effective. The default mode uh, network in the brain has been very effective. I'm very able to cry. I'm able to convey my feelings very well. I am able to feel when my ego starts coming up and what I need to work on. But far, far more interesting than that is my nervous system has gotten more refined. And... What I mean by nervous system is when you look at the phylokinetic states, the fight, flight, freeze, or flow, what your body or your mind basically does, it utilizes these states. It utilizes states in order to meet life's demands. So you are to fight off a bull. Okay, you have to go to fight. You have to, you have to attack. Oh, and all of a sudden the bull seems to be much stronger than you thought. Oh, you have to be going flight and run away. Or uh, you've had a very long day and you're tired. So you go into freeze where you just do nothing and recover. Or you go into flow where you uh, are working on your desk and you're thinking and you're being creative. So your, your, body, your body utilizes these states. And what I used to have, so I have my uh, Bear Cups class, which is a class for kids at 6 p.m very stressful because the kids are very chaotic and it requires me to be on the ball game all the time at 4 p.m i would get slightly anxious because my body was very relaxed i had already done a lot of creative work i already done a lot of exercise and the driver flight which is anxiety would drive me to a higher state of being in order to meet those demands or if I'm in a supermarket and I'm in that freeze mode where I'm just by myself and don't want to be social, all of a sudden someone comes along my way that I know and wants to talk to me, I would get anxious. And now I'm much able, much better able to go from freeze to flow. And what that means is you spend less energy on a daily basis because your body is just more in tune with what it has to do. It is more in tune with life demands. That, that, that's what I've noticed. 
Okay, that, that was yeah. Right. It seems like it seems like when you know when when I don't meditate, I have all these thoughts at the back of my head. You know, it's not like I'm fully aware of them, but I know that they're and I think that that's more unconscious behavior. You know, it might just be the the link between the conscious and the unconscious. You know, I'm just as I expand it, I'm noticing there's more thoughts there. But once I start to do something like meditation, it starts to go away and it gets to the point of no thought. And I feel like I can relax a lot more easy, easily. You know, why do people stay up all night in bed? It's because they're just constantly thinking. Yes. You know, they're spending and they're, they're spending so they're spending so much energy thinking, you know. Chess players burn thousands of calories just thinking in the tournaments. You know, it's no, it's no different to thinking about plans well, or what we're going to do in the future, what, what has happened in the past. This, okay, don't quote me on this. I've heard this somewhere and not knowing what I know about uh, the way the brain works, and they say that 15% of your caloric expenditure is used to predict So 15% mm. of your entire caloric expenditure is used for your brain trying to know what's going to happen. So utilizing uh, its prior experiences, its current, current sensorical information. And my thought is, if you can make that process more efficient by, by what you say, being in a state of no mind, you expend less energy. Yeah, yeah. You know, for example, like also basketball players, right? How many times have they run down the court dribbling and then you get a new player running down the court? It probably takes less energy for the professional player than to the amateur because they've done it so many times, their body and mind have adapted to those movements. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's really, it's, it's really just like the whole, the basis of functional physical training, but for the mind. Yeah, and you know, you know what I also think? So um, you have the parasympathetic and the sympathetic nervous system. For those of you that know, don't know what those are, well, your parasympathetic is basically your rest and digest, your relaxation, your anabolic state, your uh, recovering. And sympathetic is the catabolic state. It's the fight or flight. And what you see with a lot of individuals nowadays, a lot of them is they're in that con constant uh, chronic sympathetic state and they do that because uh they eat too much food they're constantly in digestion which um well goes against being active throughout the day they take coffee they don't sleep well they have these devices there's a myriad of reasons why your sympathetic nervous system will be overtaxed but what i also think it is i think a lot of people have clogged up uh default mode networks where there are so many traumas and thoughts and emotions stuck in their, well, in their brain in, in this case, that they're getting anxious. They're not able to feel anymore. So I think what meditation does as well is it allows your parasympathetic nervous system to take over more load throughout the day, which naturally means you're calmer. Yeah, yeah. With, I know you want to talk more about TM at the moment, but no, 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 with no, the Wim Hof, look we'll, we'll, with the Wim we'll Hof, go where we, where we go, we'll go where we go. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, we'll flow. With the Wim Hof method, uh, the breathing in particular, I'm not sure if you get this, but I definitely get this. After, after the breath hold, and then you take the deep breath in, and you get the really nice feeling in your body. Yeah. I also get so many random thoughts that's coming up. And thoughts I didn't know I had was just there, really crazy and intense, but then they just go away after a few seconds. And it, seems, it feels like because of the method, it's helping me process these unthought thoughts that have just been waiting to unload. Yeah, but that, that makes complete sense to me. Because, well, as you are undoubtedly aware of, when you're breathing a host of things happen in your body your your hip flexes and extends your cervical spine in fact your whole spine moves and because we're always staying in the middle often these areas are sort of locked up and as many of you know whenever uh, an emotional event happens it's locked up in your body and muscles 
So what I think you're going through, you're going through that end range of motion in your breathing, especially in the diaphragm and the intercostals of your, your ribs. And that when you access those areas, stuff comes out. Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do, do you get that same feeling or that does that happen to you with the method? Uh, I get a lot of colors. All these. Like, I get visuals colors. and colors. Yeah. 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 That's, that's interesting. I think, I think what mine is more, I've had, I've had some colors and learn a word hallucinations on it, but for me, it's more mental thoughts just rising up instead. And it's, it's like a, well, it's like I just become aware of, of, of hundreds of different thoughts at the same time in those 15 seconds. Well, I, I, I suppose it's like this. It's the, it's the same with sleep. When you, when you have sleep, you have two states. You have the, the REM sleep and you have the deep sleep. And the deep sleep is primarily for uh, recovering the physical body. And REM sleep is more pruning in the brain and making these connections. And, um, and maybe at the moment, you require more pruning and interconnectivity in the brain, in the thoughts. Mm. And once that is finished, you start going to the body start going to tightness in the body or well visuals or whatever it's unbelievable how we can make ourselves do that yeah so quickly i i, I like people the, go to you just said that uh, sorry continue I, yeah. I interrupted yeah people go to therapy to try and get these thoughts clarified for years but then we do something like the method and all these thoughts they you know yeah they're random thoughts but you know like you said, prune, it helps you prune your mind. And we can just do it in a matter of minutes rather than years. Look, Seth, I, I think uh, a large part of our society nowadays is very reliant on external factors, on doctors, on physiotherapists, on coffee, on pills. And mm. what the Wim Hof method, what uh, the uh, breath holds, exercise in general and now transcendental meditation have shown me i have profound tools profound tools to control myself and well as as you know i'm an advent fan of psychedelics and i think i think psychedelics is also a way but that being said i would say meditation is even more effective because it's free yeah and it doesn't it's even have more any sustainable it's just, it's more sustainable. Yes. You know, you don't, you, someone can't be doing LSD every week. No. You know, they're not doing any, they're not, that, that's not really doing the work. You know, I think a lot of the work that comes from these psychedelics that, that heals you is the integration part, the part that comes afterwards. Exactly. You know, I've yeah, had some, right I've had some experiences from, I've had, I've had experiences from years ago, which I'm still learning from. Yeah, but you can, you, can you imagine that is, has been in there all this time the way they uh yeah. i don't know from whom I, I got this but it's a nice analogy you know when you when you have your ram when you have your computer you you've got your working memory and the more programs that are, are on at the moment less you can take in and i see yeah uh, emotional clutter things you haven't worked through as cluttering that ram that working memory and if you if you've just worked through something that happened 10 years ago that has been in there festering for 10 years yeah uh, the real a lot of the real magic comes from when you get to choose the memory as well you know there's a point where you get to clear it and you can choose would you rather the the good the good concurrent thinking or stick with your miserable thinking i think most people would choose the latter you know Oh, yeah. Look, uh, a lot of people are uh, addicted to the sympathetic nervous system. They are addicted to, to that flush of uh, adrenocorticoids and cortisol. And yeah. so, yes, they'll make themselves feel miserable because that's what they're familiar with. Yeah. yeah don't, don't quote me on this, but one thing I've, I read into recently is that when your eyes focus on a single object, that that activates the sympathetic nervous system. So yep. when you're looking at your phone, you're basically looking at one object for extended periods of times. You know, people can be on their phone for an hour or more. And that's an hour you're in sympathetic 
in sympathetic in the sympathetic nervous system. Yep. It's a long time. It's a long time, and most people won't be getting the adequate rest to you're not, recover you're not from supposed that. Supposed to be in a sympathetic nervous system that long. It's not so the way we we're meant to work. Hmm. Yeah, I think these things like even coffee, right? I don't think coffee really does what we what what we expect it to do. You know, we expect it to give us a big boost and not make us feel tired. But when you drink coffee, you still feel pretty tired. You just have that bit. You're just a bit more jumpier, really. Well, I what what I think it uh, it alters your uh, your uh, probabilities. What I've noticed, um, okay, from a very mathematical and easy standpoint, you are right now at a stress level of five, for example. And if something were to happen in your life right now that's slightly stressful, a person were to come towards you that you don't know, you go from five to a six, or mm. you have to do heavy exercise, you go from five to a seven. Coffee allows you to go from five to, to eight or five to nine. So for some people, that's beneficial. If you are your stress level is very low because you're not very active, your met- metabolic systems are not up to task, then yes, having that slight upregulation is great. But if you constantly have that, your body doesn't know how to modulate anymore. It doesn't know how to make the proper predictions anymore because you constantly get that extra stimulation. You know, we have so many we have so many stresses in our lives that a lot of us don't even consider stresses. No, no. You know, I think we, we might have to change the word around stresses. You know, checking your phone, you activate your sympathetic nervous system. Watching the TV, playing computer games, driving your car. That's sympathetic nervous system, but we do it so unconsciously. Yeah, but think, you know, think, and, think about this. Why are you picking up your phone in the first place? Why yeah. are you picking up your phone in the first place? What, what do you think? What, 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 I think because there's something coming up and we want to escape from it. An uncomfortable feeling comes up and we don't On want point. 100%. Fully agree with that. Yeah, but a lot of the, you know, a lot of the time, the uncomfortable feeling is not having the phone there in front of you. You know, it's not always something that comes from you know something your parents said to you when you were five years old. You know, I think we, you know, we've been giving these devices, and once they're gone out of our sight, we feel uncomfortable. We feel we feel naked without them. Yeah, you, you get bored, and you know what, bored is something interesting because as soon as you get bored your body is starting to look for stimuli and if that's your phone you constantly get a little treat oh i'm bored oh i get a little treat oh i'm bored i get a little treat and you know my most creative moments are those where i'm bored like i can be let's say we're driving somewhere and i have nothing to stimulate myself with no music no phone nothing to read and i just start putting things together in my mind. I think it's yeah. a real skill to be bored. Yeah, especially in this day and age. Yeah. You know, we always have music. Yeah, we always have music, podcasts, movies going on. Yeah. You know, even, focus. Even, so even, if, even if it's like a single, a lot of people will watch TV and then do another task. Oh my God. Yeah. You know, stimulation. Yeah, if you got rid of the task, you'll probably do that. uh, If you got rid of the TV, you probably do that task quicker and better. Look, um, uh, Joe Dispenza was talking about this not too long ago. It's a a guy that I read read about from time to time. And what he said, as we uh, go further into time, all the menial tasks, the easy tasks, like um, working in a supermarket or working in, uh, in the industry, they are taken over by automation, by robots or AI. And what is left are the high intelligent areas where you have to do a lot of thinking, a lot of focusing. And let that just be the thing that we are lacking in more and more, the ability to focus, the ability to think. So if you want to be successful, and especially in the future, focus is a real commodity. Being able to sit down, think, create something. 
Mm. What would you do? What would you recommend for people to, to take that back, to take that, to get their attentions back? Um, well, two things. Well, there, there are more, but two most primarily things. Uh, stillness. And stillness can be breath work, stillness can be exercise, stillness can be walking, well, it can be meditation. Because um, for focus to come back, you have to first have nothing. You have to be so annoyed with having nothing that you want to do something. You you are engaged because you, well, if we talk about the dopamine system, if you constantly get a high dopamine spike from pornographic images, if from uh, carbohydrate-rich foods, from uh, stimulating games, then you're going to be less inclined to do something that might seem boring, a long-term gain. And second, set your intentions. Set your intentions. And that, that's just, what do I want? And not, not, oh, I want to lose mm. fat. And that, could, that, that could be like in any task Anything. either. Yeah. You know, like cleaning your room. You know, why do you want to clean your room or it needs to be cleaned? Or no, you want, you want it to be nicer. That should be the intention. Yeah. Not because it needs to be done, because you want something out of it. Exactly. And that's going to make it a lot easier. It's going to make you less stressed. You look, I, I have two days per week where I have hyper focus and I start building and I start writing and I start uh, reading studies and stuff. And for the rest of the week, I just read books. And the only reason why I can do that is because I really know why I know exactly why I need to do that. And mm. that intention is, I think, not- I think we've talked in the past that like you used to, you used to play, sorry to interrupt. No, no, but okay, um, okay. I mean, you, you told me you used to be play, used to used to be hyper stimulated yourself. Yeah. Right. You'll play lots of video games and do all sorts of other things. Yeah. Other than stillness, but what what do you think helped? You know, I'm sure. Of course, meditation will probably be a key role into it. Oh. Well, but what other like routines would you implement? Anything that gives me a sense of agency, anything that that shows me you have real control over yourself and it started to accumulate like i uh i've gotten some profound knowledge from books i've gotten profound knowledge from uh psychedelic experiences i've gotten profound knowledge from being in miserable situations and nowadays you know, this is also something that meditation has brought. I like fasting. I, I have at least two days a week where I get to have nothing stimulating and one meal a day. Mm. If I want to have sweets, I got to have one day prior to training where I take that. And it just, it starts compounding. It's You get one thing, you get benefits from it. And through those benefits, you get more energy and more agency in your life. So you got to start to go to the next and the next and the next and the next. Yeah. It's like a 1% better. 1% better. Every day, right? And, you know, if you, over 100 days, right? That's not, if if you're thinking of it statistically, it's not 100, it's not 100% you built over 100 days. It it becomes a lot, lot higher than just a, one, um, one times a hundred. Yeah, no, no, it, it's accumulative. And many individuals do not realize what they're capable of. They do not realize the amount of sociability they can create, the amount of uh, intelligence they can create. They have these little narratives for themselves saying, oh, I'm not intelligent or I'm not social or I, I can't yeah. be a businessman or woman. Yeah, I, I, I used to be one of those guys. I used to be like, I'm not smart. Why should I even bother doing this? But, you know, I think the average person is a lot smarter than they believe themselves yeah. to be. You know, they, like you said, they give, they give themselves a narrative. Yeah. And, and the narrative, def- it defends them to, to sit where they are. To, you know, it makes their nice little ego world a bit more capable to be more comfortable in i think that's also because i do not realize what's out there you know i i'm nowadays i'm i'm getting better at diving deep that i close my eyes i start doing my mantra and in five six minutes i'm i'm somewhere else i start seeing visuals uh i completely shut off and i 
um, I'm in a different world. And that makes me realize there is so much more. There is so much more. So I'm, I'm not limiting myself anymore. I'm not yeah. limiting myself because I know you are on this tiny little islands and there's millions out there. So, you know, people limiting themselves, I think they just haven't seen, they just haven't experienced it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you yourself yeah. don't yeah. Can you imagine if every person alive would have an ayahuasca <laughs> experience? Can you imagine what that's going to do? Yeah, yeah. You know, it would destroy a few people, but I think it would save the majority. It would it would destroy a few us. people because it it, it <laughs> digs up. Imagine if, imagine if someone like Donald Trump did it. I don't think they could withstand it. They could withstand something like that. You know, he's built his life on ego. I'm yeah. not going to get into politics at all. It's not the time or place for that. But you know, even any politician where their job their work revolves around their ego, making themselves look better in front of other people. Oh, they'll break apart. Once that's gone. Yeah. Yeah. The whole persona breaks apart yeah. and they have to re- reconfigure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, you're and right. Yeah, as they as they should though. As they should. We all should have a practice like that. You know, I think it makes us more giving and more thoughtful people. Yeah. When we do these practices. No, yeah, it's it just it it makes you less somebody. Yeah. The practices <laughs> yeah. I, I, I often what I often visualize is I visualize the whole universe that I'm a part of the universe and I'm a part of a much bigger system that everybody's exact. You are like me. I am like you. We are like uh, the people you see in the city and we're all the same essentially. And yeah, we all, all have the same way of working. We all have these principles that guide us. And once you get, get all these principles, everything becomes easy. Yeah, yeah. Like we t- we were talking another day about following certain rules. Yeah. Would you say that's similar? Yes and no. I would say mm. uh, rules are kind of like uh, a way of remembering stuff. So yeah. whenever a rule comes up, you're like, oh, this and this and this and this, you can attach something to it. Whereas a principle is sort of like a guideline. Um, like a value. Uh, uh, yes. A va- yes. It constrains. Like um, something I often rem- uh, remind myself of, life catalyzes beneficial events. And what that means is at the moment, you have a certain knowledge base. You think, okay, I need to go there for whatever reason. So you start taking the actions to go to that place, but you do not know whether you should go there or not. So you try to... Uh, um, catalyze it make it more likely to happen you're not going to force it you're not going to say no matter what's going to happen i'm going to go to point b when you're in point a no you're going to make it more likely and all of a sudden a new piece of information comes up that says no you shouldn't go to b you might want to go to a1 first mm. like i might want my mother to go and meditate because i think it will benefit her and i said hey mom i uh I've been doing a meditate. I've been doing some meditating, and it's uh, it really helped me, and I uh, I feel a lot better. Done. Or I go, mom, you really should meditate because you're always so grumpy. It will make you your yeah, life all better. It never works. Never works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 was one of my big issues when I first started living a more conscious life. <laughs> when I first had. When I first had one of those experiences that I wanted, I wanted to share with everyone else. Yeah. But that just shows how powerful the experience was. <laughs> really, you want to you want to preach about it, but you know who's going to listen to a preacher in the middle middle of the street? No yeah, one. No, they just nobody. walk past, thinking you're a madman. Yep. But the real way to 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 do it is lead by example, lead silently, yes. but by yep. example. Have them see that you have changed as a person. Have them see your emotional resilience, resilience, your stability, mm. your calmness, because that's something mm. you cannot lie about. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's great. Yeah. That's that's perfect. You know, and even if you have changed and they haven't seen it, oh fucking, that's 
That's not your problem. That's no. their problem. No. And you know, yeah. I, there's there's something else that I've, I've been doing. So I've I've been getting in contact with interesting individuals, and they were talking about past lives. Okay. Yeah, they were talking about yogic flying, being able to fly, and my initial reaction is always, "Ooh, okay, okay." Then I go, "You know what? It's in the back of my head. I know that there's a probability that this, what you're saying right now, is true, but I'm not there yet at the current time. I will extend yeah. my knowledge. I will start talking to people. I start. I will start correlating information, associate and integrate. And at some point, I will have the knowledge basis to say, "Yes, I believe this to be true." Mm. Yeah, and you know, most of us won't believe that flight, human flight, is real, as they should. But they shouldn't completely dismiss it. No, no, you know, no. Not being, exactly. They're not being truly. They're not being truly objective. They're, they're not really they sure they're using inference of every aspect of knowledge of a human body they have used in the past but you, you you still have to believe that things can happen you, yeah, or you understand that anything is impossible because my my, you know? my my tm teacher he he talked talked about yogic flying and my my mind were like oh fuck off really yeah, <laughs> these people are meditating in a lotus position. They close their eyes. They go into some other dimension, and all of a sudden they levitate. I'm like, no, that no. But he kept repeating it, and he showed me a book, and he showed me how they all together, uh, together with seven thousand individuals, Maharashi, which is the guy that came up with TM, and they all did it, and he explained it, and I looked in his face, I'm like, are you crazy? Are, are are you a lunatic? <laughs> like, or are, 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 are you just are you just messing with me? And I saw no, I, I, I saw neither. So, so it, is this the, supposed to be like an allegory for something? I'm not like it's it's a flight like an allegory to no actual being flight. A, okay, no, like, actually talking <laughs> about someone sitting like this and just levitating a meter in the air and coming down like hopping. Really? Yeah, I uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. As did, I said, did he did he did he see it himself, the teacher? Say that again. Did the did the teacher see it himself? Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I asked him. Really? Did, did you witness this? He said, "Yes, I, I witnessed it." Yeah. Not like you know, I, I, you know, Yeah. To go back, to what we were just talking about. Yeah, I I am completely skeptical of this, but I'm not going to dismiss it, dismiss it entirely. Otherwise, that could be. I could be not learning something not gaining yeah but how yeah in, how incredible would it That's be if weird. this were true and you know what they also yeah. said you'll find this interesting uh okay i'll try to try to explain it well because there's a lot of information so uh what they say is if one percent of the entire population does tm uh then we can avert a world crisis we can uh achieve peace real peace mm -hmm. that that's what he says and you can uh, go for a smaller number, but then you have to go into advanced TM techniques and SIDAs. And uh, if you are able to uh, perform two SIDAs, then you become a yogic fly, able to... What is a, what is a SIDAs? Uh, he explained it briefly. Look, I'm skeptical, but I'm just going to say it. You can make up your own mind. No, no go for it. A siddha allows you to uh, manifest a certain feeling, a feeling of gratitude, a feeling of happiness, uh, allows you to get more financial freedom and stuff. Okay. And so what they've done is Maharashi had 7,000 yogic flies. So people that are able to control two siddhas, two techniques, and have done the advanced TM course. They uh, invited all these people over to... I think Washington uh, can't, can't say for sure. And for a week, they all meditated. For a week, they all meditated in an enormous group. And then what they did is they measured around the world what that did, what that vibration would do to, to the collective consciousness. What he said was not only did the stock market have a, have a sharp peak, also, what uh, certain heads of states of the United States, uh, Europe, whatever, were they were more positive in what they were saying. Uh, 
he was also talking about less de uh, traffic deaths. And they had a, a couple of graphs like that saying the fact that 7,000 people with that incredibly positive vibe were able to affect the entire world population. What do you think of that? Yeah, you know, scientifically, you can only say that's a, that's a correlation, not a causation. Yeah, yeah. But, it, it, you know, it does seem, this does seem like an exercise and that can prevent, prevent so much suffering. They've done, they've done this several yeah. times. They, the, they, they have like four or five events with all similar results. And in India, they had a group of 300 that did this for 10 years in a row. And this was uh, when the Berlin Wall fell and all these uh, incredible events happened. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm less skeptical of this than I am of the fight thing. <laughs> yes, that. <laughs> yeah, but it it does seem you know if a if a family started picking up any meditation, I think that would become a more happier family. Yeah, and you know I'm I'm reading this book, uh, also very skeptical about it, but it's and yeah, I, I, yeah. What do you What did you want to say? Sorry, no, you you continue. Well, yeah. Joe Dispenza again becoming supernatural. He was talking about mm. how you can be more particle and you can become more energy, more matter or energy. And if you have a very negative view of life, you become more matter, which means you have less ability to influence life because you see everything in it. Well, you're like, yes, and you become you become ultra objective. Yeah. And what he said is uh. the more heightened states of emotion, you have gratitude, bliss. Uh, joy you become more energy allowing to actually alter the quantum reality influence and cre create right that's create yes wow wow he, he has his practice where uh, he has several practices but he has his practice where he uh creates a mind movie about what he wants in the future or he writes a letter with uh, maybe F for financial. And I want to, I want to be able to make 1 million. And every single day I have that intention in my head. I want to make 1 million and I'm going to make 1 million via pop, 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 pop. And with that, I have a very high in states of, of, of emotion. How am I going to feel when I get that $1 million? And he says that the, um, Intention is electrical and the heightened state of emotion is magnetic. So you create an electromagnetic field. That's what he says. It's a little bit out there. Mm. <laughs> I must admit, but it's interesting. Yeah. You know, I, th I think the more you think about something, the more you, you set your mind to it, the closer you are, you are the closer you're going to get yourself to achieving that thing. Yeah, you know, you just get, you're getting close. You might not achieve it, but you might get really close to it. Yeah, I mean, it's it sets your mind up straight. But look, where I get a little bit baffled is you're gonna have uh, you're gonna have these these opportunities that that come on your path. These uh, secret synchronizations, as they call them. And I'm like, I believe it, but it's also it kind of puts your head uh, it tur turns your world around. It, it turns all the conventional wisdoms you've learned throughout your life, especially during your normal education, on its head. Mm. Can you can you go on a bit, go on further about that? Well, um, when you look at the Newtonian world, it is uh, E equals mc squared. It, it it is about measuring. It is about being able to know the the mass, the speed, and the velocity velocity allowing you to measure what's going to happen. And you know, when I did my uh, exercise physiology uh, course, it was all about okay, this muscle works in that and that way. You put that amount of force on there, and that's how you train it. That's a reaction. That's the chemical reactions. So it's 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 all very convergent. And conversion is nice because you, you go from A to B to C to D, et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's, yeah, it's re repetitive. 
and the more I get into the quantum mechanics, uh, the more I get into meditation and a unified field, I start to realize, oh, there is so much more. I have to sort of discard all that stuff that I learned. That it's not cat. Yeah. It's not macros. It's not RPE. It's there's so much more going on. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I, this, this is getting real deep. I love it. Well, you, it, I think think about this just for for people to to uh, pull back a little, make it make it clear. So you have a person that wants to get strong doesn't know why he wants to get strong probably because he doesn't feel very good about himself and wants to feel better about himself so he starts to uh look up online and what, what he has to do and he says oh you have to get this amount of calories this amount of macros um go for an rp on uh so rate of perceived exertion on monday for, for of nine and on wednesday do this everything is set out perfectly he doesn't really enjoy the food that he's eating he only uh, always writes down exactly how many repetitions he's doing. So he's never really in, in the process. Then you have the other person that just does exercise because he loves it. He loves the feeling of it. And he, he, because he feels so good, he eats foods that make him feel better in, in the long run. And he reads and he's passionate and he really knows why he exercises. He exercises, for example, to protect his family. And, the average Joe might say, oh, the first person is going to be more successful because he is more controlled. I say, no, the second person is because he's got his intentions right because he feels better about it. Mm. And that's massive. They've, they've actually sat down and, yeah, they've, yeah. Intention is a big thought I've just been playing with lately as well like it, it on anything i do if it's like just doing some study or what watching tv you know if you're gonna you know watching tv isn't really ever productive but if you're gonna watch it fucking enjoy it yeah to watch something good yeah and, and tell you yourself it's, it's okay for now you know yeah you could what you know you, you, I, w- I wouldn't do this myself but watch a soap opera if you fucking love it but make sure you're actually loving it. You don't watch it just because you want that. You're trying to inject that little bit of stimulation into you in that narrow vein, right? Like a fucking stimulation junkie. Or because you can tell don't, you know, watch opera. I mean, that, that, that. Yeah. And yeah. to dive deeper into this intention part. So when you look at g- genetics, you have your uh, genetic DNA, your, your phenotype. Um, our phenotype is different from that of a potato or that of, of a mosquito, but your phenotype and my phenotype are very similar. And for the longest time, we used to think, oh, your genetic structure is this and this and this, so you will turn out this like this. It, the more research that comes out, the clearer it becomes that epigenetics is far more important than phenogenetics. And epigenetics is the uh, effect of the environment and of the, the being on uh, the gen- genetic DNA. And the way they've discovered this is that a very small percentage of your DNA is actually the, the genes. The rest is how to modulate it. And what that means is you and I start training uh, together and maybe my phenotype is more inclined to get more muscle mass, but I don't really know why I want muscle mass. And you do. And mm. if you think about it, why is muscle mass created? It's not a mechanical process. It is a biological process. It is being done by the being itself. And if you have a more a greater necessity for building muscle mass, because you know why, because you really want muscle mass for a good reason, then you are more inclined to get more muscle mass than me. It's not mechanical. It's it's not convergent. It's not. I saying it's not genetic. It's intent. It's more of the intent of. Yeah. Whoa. It's far more. That, that's yeah. That's a big thing to say as well. I think a lot of people will disagree. I know. And look, this is a With conversation that. I've been having with a lot of people. And I, I 
from my own uh, anecdotal evidence, I have started growing insanely fast. Even really? though I've been doing less, I've been doing a lot of fat. Can I ask what your intent is? My intent is to support. To uh, yes. I, I, I have an inherent feeling that I know something's going to happen in, in this world. I think there's going to be uh, cataclysmic events that are going to happen. And yes, I want to be yes. able to protect my partner. I want to be able to protect her kids and my my future kids and my, my family and friends. And I want to be capable at any given moment. I don't want to be yeah. able to rely on someone. I want to, Seth, when you, when you are with me, you get a heart attack. I want to be able to pick you up and uh, run you to Yeah, the, That's what I want to be able to do. Yeah. And that's a great intent. That's a great intent. A lot of people get caught up. You know, it's hard. It's, I think, Sometimes myself, you know, I go to a, a public gym, right? I go to a good life. And sometimes it's hard to keep that intent. You know, they got shitty music playing. This is me making excuses, but I kind of want to share it. They got shitty pop music playing. And mm. I, I, get dist- I get distracted by any music in the gym. I would rather have no music at all. I'm a musician and I'm saying that I, w- I just want to be completely focused in what I'm doing. But then to like to zone out that shitty music, I put my own music in, distract myself from listening to that music. Yeah. And then I ultimately get distracted by listening to my own music. <laughs> and it, it, but once I'm distracted, it, it becomes difficult to, to bring the, the hold the intent, to hold the intent. That's what I'm going to use. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Ultimately, that is an excuse. But yeah. I think it is, and I think that's something I can work on. Well, you know, hold, hold. In that regard. yeah, yeah, yes. So I kind of went on a bit of a tangent, a selfish tangent there. <laughs> no, but look, that, 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 that's fair. I mean, you, you realize what, what the blockades are at the moment, and you, mm. because you know of them, you can work through them. Yeah. I was, I was at the fucking gym the other day, and I was. There was this one chick, she was like watching a TV show on her iPhone. She was sitting down on like a, on a, on a dip machine and the machine, there was another machine in front of her that she put her phone on and she was like, she was using another machine to hold her phone up so she could watch her TV while doing quote, I'm, I've got, I've got my, I'm putting my fingers up and down as I say this, doing the exercise. Yeah. And like you know, she's not gonna she's not gonna get any gains from that. No, no, exactly. She she is there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tick off that she's exercised. Yeah. I saw some. I saw one of my friends at the gym, and they were watching YouTube while on the bike. And that's not, and like first of all, it's fucking up your posture as you do the exercise. Mm-hmm. You're doing the exercise in an extremely poor manner, and you're not even thinking about the exercises. You're, you're completely zoning out. Yeah, but these these are most likely individuals that do not know why they're doing it. They do not know mm. why they go through the pain, so I have to numb themselves. Yeah, I, I I go through great discomfort when I train, to the point that my uh, legs nearly fail, to the point that my heart nearly jumps out of my chest. But I I I know exactly why I'm there. And on Wednesday, for example, we just meet up with a couple of guys and we do sled sprints. And it usually lasts about 20, 30 minutes and I'm fucked for an hour. And then I feel great for the rest of the day, but there's yeah. nothing there. There's no real warm up. There's no music. It's just strap yourselves in go. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's one of the things like even jujitsu, right? There's not many distractions going around. It's just, it's just you and it's one other guy. And it, it's, it helps you go into that flow state. Yeah. Otherwise, he's going to. I think all, all, all what we all what we talked about in the past hour goes back to being in the flow state. Yeah. And uh, we just we just, more and more people are losing that flow state due to certain distractions. Yeah, they've got clogged up systems all over. Mm. They do not know what it's like to be yeah. poor. They do not know what it's like to be creative. Yeah. They're either, in- but it's a practice. It's a practice, though. Yeah. As well, you know. I, I think children are constantly in the in the moment. They're always present, or oh, like eighty percent of the time. They're, they're they're much more present than adults. You know, why are they more creative? 
than kids, for example, but than adults, well, for example. What I, what I would well, there's, there's, there's just so much new information coming in. What, what sure, I would hear but, is their mental structure is not as large as it is with an adult. Like yeah. with an adult, they have built in these contingencies and they have re- these redundancies to know, okay, when this happens, that I'm going to do. When that happens, I do this. So they're less open to, uh, to chaos. Whereas with kids, everything is new. Yeah, yeah. There's always new smells, new sounds going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, for me, I, I'm now able to, when something happens, a traumatic event, I'm able to categorize it very quickly, knowing, okay, she did this, he did this, I did this. I could have known uh, that this was going to happen. Okay, I feel this way. So uh, it's best for me to now take this action. So it's just a structure. It, it, it is a methodical and stoic way even of living your life. And kids don't have this. Kids don't have the, the required knowledge and experience to deal with these, uh, these, yeah, these disruptions. Mm. Yeah. I think a, a good goal to have is always just, you know, have these set routines in your, in your mind, you know, yep. these automatic reactions, but be aware that they're automatic and then you can further add on to them. And yeah, if it's not serving you, change it. And, you know, automatic reactions often come from, as we talked about that narrative about yourself, that, oh, you don't think you're good at math. Oh, you don't good. You think you're good at, at, at art. And as soon as you become aware of, of your automatic response, you can actually start to change it. No, I, I think if you want to have a better world, if you want to go to world peace, if you want to be able to just be a more successful person, meditation, breath work and meditation, mm. breath work for more of the physical kind, being able to release those uh, tensions in the body and more control over breathing, which is, of course, a big part of just being. But meditation, in my opinion, even more so. Yeah, you've read that uh, I've seen it on your Instagram you've read that Tools of Titans I think yep. or Tribe of Mentors and yep. they're both very similar yep. you know but so anyone who hasn't listened to it it's basically a book where the interviewer asks these successful people questions and daily habits and what they do and most of them meditate <laughs> like most of them meditate yeah, th- yeah thank you thank you for bringing it up l- 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 let's just reiterate that about 80%, and I'm talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger. I'm talking about uh, Peter. Fucking, fucking Ben Stiller, guys. Ben Stiller. <laughs> um, Jimmy Fallon does it. 80% of all these incredibly successful people. Uh, oh, what's he called again? Uh, okay, okay, I forgot. Anyway, 80% meditate or do some. Katy Perry, she does TM too. Really? <laughs> yeah. So what does it? What does that tell you? You know, I I now do twenty minutes of of TM in the morning, right when I wake up, and twenty minutes right before I have dinner. And yeah, look, I'm not going to tell people what to do. But try it. <laughs> Just try it for a month, and I can tell you if if you. A muster up the money 750 for for tm or find some kind of meditation that works for you fuck would you is this something you could mix with other techniques like breath work well um i'm i'm gathering some, some anecdotal data at the moment so for one month i'm gonna do two practices a day and after that sure. one month i will first do wim hof in the morning and then tm in the evening and the next month, mm. I will do TM in the morning and then hypercapnia in the evening. I just want to see what it we, does to my mental state. Nice. Yeah. Now, with the Vipassana, they want you to follow these, these certain guidelines after the course and also during the course. You can't do any other spiritual practice, such as breath work or prayer. They want you to focus on this one meditation. I think that's fair while you're doing their 10-day courses. But afterwards, they tell you, do Vipassana one hour in the morning and one hour at night time. 
but stay away from all other all other meditations because i think they they want they want you to be disciplined but i think that just kind of takes away you know yeah but they they want you doing something like pranayama for sorry go on they they want you to do that type of meditation so you stay in contact so you're more likely to buy their yeah products and use their services but the uh with the vipassana i don't think that that very much because all donation based Ah, yeah. so I, I i think i so the the guy one of the guys reasoning for it says why have two spiritual exercises why not just stick with one because you know the once you have more than one you start spreading spreading yourself too thin that's yeah. that's what he said I'm, I'm i'm leaning against it a bit myself because you know with wim hof fuck dude i can go deeper than quicker you know, if, if I'm having, a, if I don't, I'm not, re- I don't really get panic attacks, but if I'm having a panic attack, Wim Hof exercise might really help. All right. Think about this, Seth. What, what is the reason we got out of the caves and out of the dirt huts? It is people trying something new, not sticking mm. the, the original way of living life. So fucking yeah. try it. And if it, if it works better, then stick with it. And if it doesn't, well, then try something else. Yeah, I think you and I are both a lot like that. We want to, we get bored really easily doing the same thing over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably from, you know, someone someone else could call it ADHD. Some of us, yeah, yeah, yeah. call it. Some of us will call it creativity or exploratory behavior. There's there's so many different ways to name it. Exploratory behavior. That I like that. Hey, um, I'm I'm gonna just cancel of the recording we'll just continue from there because it's been yeah 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 sure okay everybody thank you for watching i would highly recommend you try something like meditation because i think it's awesome and i think seth will agree with me anyway take care and thanks for listening